0: Hi there i'm valor
1: and i'm cherish and we
0: are just Just a couple couple of of nerds
1: starting off today's nerdy news we are talking about the acolyte which is one of 10 upcoming star wars tv shows it is a mystery thriller tv series that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the high republic era 200 years before the prequels. A former Padawan reunites with her Jedi master to investigate a series of crimes, but the forces they confront are more sinister than they ever anticipated. The Acolyte star Daphne Keen has been quoted saying, "'It's kind of an explanation of how the Sith infiltrated the Jedi. It's a Sith-led story, which has never been done before." The cast will also include Squid Game star Lee Jung-Jae.
0: That's a pretty exciting update. Um, a Sith-led story about how the Sith infiltrated the Jedi sounds kind of cool to me. I'm excited to see it. It should be a lot darker than most of the Star Wars shows that we've seen.
1: Oh, like... Um,
0: because it's going to be the bad guys, right?
1: Mandalorian and Andor. I like how Andor's different mm-hmm. than like your normal Star Wars story, but out of the ones that have come up so far, I really really like mandalorian it's my favorite yeah, it's
0: fun it's a lot of fun
1: and then what was the other one um obi-wan
0: oh yes yeah Obi-Wan. but obi-wan felt a little bit more like kid friendly i think that's because there was a child in it so it felt much more like a kind of a child star wars so this is probably i hope i think this is going to be more dark and that's what i'm kind of looking forward to with the acolyte
1: oh do you remember i forget which star wars one wa- uh, movie it is but where they kill all the little Padawans
0: oh yes
1: do you think it'll be kind of like that
0: uh I don't think it'll be that bad because if they have to infiltrate the Jedi they're probably not going to kill that many Jedi mmm or that many children, they're not going to make that much noise. It's not going to be that It'll, dark. It's going to be a spy thing, like they're infiltrating. They'll be bad guys, and they'll probably do some bad things on the side. So this is the probably oceans. Probably not.
1: This is the Ocean's Eleven yeah. of Star Wars shows. You think it's the planning side?
0: It's the planning <laughs> side of the Ocean's Eleven, is what it's going to be. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Up next, the Rings of Power TV show will be adding 15 new cast members, which includes one recast. The first seven were announced with the recasting of Adar, the father of the orcs. Adar was previously played by Joseph Maul and will now be played by Sam Hazeldine. Regarding the recast, Joseph Maul, the former Adar, said via Twitter, As an actor, it remains my wish, my job description, to explore new characters and worlds. Wishing all the best to the cast and crew for season two. I'll be cheering you on from the sidelines. This, The recast, I think, is the biggest like, shocker to me.
1: It sounds like he did it willingly.
0: Yeah, it seems like he wanted to work on he's, he wanted to work on new things. I don't know if maybe he kind of saw some of the backlash on the show and decided to move on because it wasn't like hugely applauded as maybe they thought it was going to be.
1: I mean, it got great reviews and a whole bunch of viewers.
0: I have seen a bunch of comments from people that would beg to differ.
1: Oh, I mean, there's always trolls online. There's, there
0: always is, but the, that show has got has definitely had some mixed reviews. I liked, I loved uh, The Rings of Power. Yeah, um, so did I. So I'm, I liked Adar. I liked Joseph Maul as Adar, so I'm kind of sad to see him go. Um, I actually don't know what Sam Hazelden looks like. So I guess, assuming he probably looks like Joseph Maul, or maybe they'll have... Adar kind of go through some more changes and just look a little bit more grotesque. More orc-like. Yeah, they could do that just to kind of hide the change in the actor. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, 15 new cast members is also kind of shocking. There was already a large cast.
1: Because you think they're going to kill off more people to make space for these 15 new people?
0: I hope so. Because if you get 15 new people along with the cast we already have that's huge. It's we too just, many people to remember. It's too many people. We already killed off um, one of the Sealdor's friends. So I'm hoping they just start killing off a few more people just to make room for the 15 new people we're going to see. So, yeah.
1: Up next, the Shaun of the Dead star Simon Pegg has signed on to return as Huey's father, Mr. Campbell, in the upcoming fourth season of The Boys, which is currently in production. He will be joined by three new cast members, one of which is Rosemarie DeWitt from La La Land and Black Mirror. She will be joining the show as Huey's mother.
0: The inter- I think the interesting part is that we're getting Huey's father and mother back. So now the boy- we know The Boys is probably going to focus around Huey's like, personal life and his like family. Because they're I- separated, I think in the show
1: i don't remember but i am so stoked for the boys we went to la comic-con and they had a boys panel there oh yeah and the show is like raunchy and you know sexual explicit all that kind of stuff and the cast members are just like the exact same yeah in their personal (laughs) talking about pranks and stuff dick jokes all the things yes oh there was one of the stars he was talking about um Oh, who was it props or something making the semen?
0: Oh, yes, and for then, the for the Hero Gasm episode.
1: Yes, but they were the actor was sending like the director Oh, mother's porn. milk, yeah. He was sending the the director pornos being like, "Hey, I want the jizz to look like this."
0: Well, he thought he origi- he was originally told by the director that it was going to or the showrunner that it was going to be um, female ejaculate cuz they misled him. And so he was sending squirting videos oh, to the showrunner the whole yeah. time, and then he gets there and props is showing him the stuff that they're going to be spraying on him. And he's like, "This is too white and no, milky it's and too thick."
1: thick. Yes. Yeah, he said it was too
0: thick. It's like, yes. "It needs to be like water, guys." Oh. And they're like, "No, this is exactly what it's supposed to look like." And that's when he realized he had been played. So, yeah, really raunchy, but it was a great time over at LA Comic Con. It was cool that they were so free with letting them just be themselves on stage
1: yeah and it was the one actress i forget her name but she doesn't speak in the show but she was like speaking during the panel and stuff i was like oh she's so cool yeah
0: yeah up next park Seo june is reportedly playing carol danvers husband in the marvels he's playing a character called prince Jan, a leader of a musical planet where everyone has to sing to communicate the Marvels movie is set to be released July twenty twenty three. That is actually coming up soon.
1: Yeah, this is so. I have no idea what this is gonna be like, but because of this character, I hope it's like a weird Disney movie feel, like Enchanted, <laughs> like he's just singing, you I, know. I feel
0: like we're gonna get maybe two musical numbers out of him.
1: I hope so. That'd and be I, amazing.
0: But, oh, I know. I, I I would hope that it for like going there. Carol Danvers sings as well, because she's married to him. So she has to, like, adopt some of the cultural practices of his planet, right?
1: So their are musical planet. Yes. So, okay, so this is a weird question, but, like, when we go on Mars, we have to deal with their physics, their chemicals, their air, their everything, right? It affects uh-huh. us and our body. If we go to this musical planet, are we then going to become musical?
0: I mean, it depends on why everybody's musical are they musical because that's what their language does like that's just how they say their language it's Uh sung or is the planet literally like changing people's brains and kind of doing a little bit of mind control making them sing i want that 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 would be great because then you get get all the marvels to do it miss marvel would do it along with carol danvers that would be funny
1: this is no longer an action movie
0: this is a musical
1: yes that would be so cool (laughs) All right, up next, we have a Black Panther spinoff series centered around Wakanda's Midnight Angels is reportedly in the works at Marvel Studios. Danai Garia and Michaela Cole are both set to reprise their roles as a Koye and a Nika. The duo both donned the new Midnight Angels armor designed by Shuri during the events of Black (laughs) Panther Wakanda Forever.
0: I just want to make a quick shout out to Joe McGill. He's a friend of ours who also listens to the podcast and he heard our first episode and messaged me about this. This was exactly what we were talking about. Well, this is wow. <laughs> during the first episode. This
1: is my hope cuz it's so cool. I know. I love. Well, and they're funny. I think these characters have so much depth besides mm. being warriors and they they don't have a huge amount of screen time, but with the screen time they are given, you can see that they're funny. Yeah. You can see that they're they're loving and caring and sensitive, but they're warriors like that's yeah. that's what you see them wearing their armor and mm-hmm. their weapons and stuff like that and you see them fighting but like there's so much more and black panther really did a great job of doing that and i feel sad because they didn't do that for the wonder woman warriors
0: oh I. they know. didn't
1: really have personalities
0: no they were all just warriors
1: yeah and it's Like, I love the actresses. It's so cool, especially since a lot of them were like bodybuilders and and actual
0: athletes. Yeah,
1: like, I love that. And they didn't do that for the Semiskirans, but they did it for Black Panther. And I think that's why they're getting this um, new little TV series because it's really easy for audiences to like them.
0: Yeah. Well, I think one other thing regarding, because I think, like, my favorite part about Black Panther Wakanda Forever was having Okoye go onto, like, college in america and just seeing her be this warrior like a fish out of water type of situation she's obviously looks very seems very different and the way she acts seems very like out of place so i think that's really what got to highlight that in that show and that's what's making this show happen but that's the bad part about uh wonder woman is the themiscarians never left their island you never got to see them be anything but themiscarians on The island, so that kind of made them a one-note kind of characters. So and for the final story, the Hollywood Reporter recently published an article regarding the future of the DC universe, which is now spearheaded by James Gunn and Peter Saffron. The story claims Wonder Woman 3 is not moving forward, citing multiple sources. The article then goes on to highlight several rumors regarding the rest of the DCU lineup, mainly closing out the entirety of the Snyderverse. This would mean the Man of Steel 2 movie shutting down, removing some cameos in the upcoming Flash movie, ending the Aquaman series after the release of Aquaman 2 Lost City, potentially making Momoa into Lobo, and even halting any future for Black Adam. James Gunn quickly jumped onto Twitter to address the story, saying, So, as for the story yesterday in The Hollywood Reporter, some of it's true, some of it is half true, some of it is not true. And some of it, we haven't decided whether or not it's true. What do you think is true and what do you think's not true, babe?
1: Well, I think... Well, I know the Wonder Woman 3 isn't moving forward.
0: Right, that's definitely true.
1: Yeah. The last one didn't do too well, I don't think. But I think... Yeah. After watching it, they had two villains. Neither one which was super villainy. No. It was kind of disappointing. Yeah. But, um... Poor Wonder
0: Woman. We're really going off on it this episode. I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Poor Gal Gadot. I love her, though. I I think she's a great Wonder Woman. Um, But I do... The one I think is up in the air is Jason Momoa as Lobo. I
0: Oh, yeah. Whether or not that's going to happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Do you think he'd be a good Lobo?
0: I'm pretty sure. I mean, I think it's also probably true. Aquaman is done after Aquaman, too.
1: Oh, good. Thank God. It's not that I don't like Jason Momoa as Aquaman, but like after losing um, Amber Heard. Yes. And then all the drama surrounding that, it kind of tainted it. And then the same thing with the Flash movie. Um, yeah, I forget the actor's name. Ezra Miller. Oh God, that guy! He needs to be put behind bars. I know.
0: I'm such a diehard Flash fan that I want to see the movie, but it's so hard to want to see it with his face attached to it. Especially, I think he's gonna be. There's gonna be two flashes that both are him.
1: No. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're doubling the amount of Ezra Miller we see in uh. that movie. So it's it's a lot. I mean, uh. Yeah. yeah.
1: And we we didn't watch Black Adam, but we didn't hear any good things about it.
0: It's coming to uh, HBO Max on the 16th. We are watching it.
1: Oh, yeah. We will watch it. We, we are will watching watch it when it, just it comes to, to HBO see, Max. But we obviously didn't want to go see it in theaters. Uh,
0: there was no push for us.
1: Yeah. But I, I think I'm really excited about all these changes because the Snyderverse kind of wasn't going so well. It really wasn't.
0: It wasn't, I mean, Zack Snyder had to step away because of his personal problems, but I mean, it definitely kind of went up and down and it just got thrown into different hands and just got kind of formed into like this weird monster that was not really, didn't make sense anymore.
1: Another one that I I think I read was uh, Henry Cavill not being Superman in, anymore, but being a different character, perhaps.
0: That would be interesting.
1: Like it's being thrown around. He's a yeah. great Superman. Well,
0: the wild part was like he was... I remember there was... I think he said it, that he was going to become Superman again after he stopped doing being Geralt.
1: In The Witcher. In The
0: Witcher. So now the idea of him like not being Superman again just seems weird. It seems wild that they would cancel that. But I don't know. I do think... The sum of it that we haven't decided whether it's true or not, I do think they might actually make another Black Adam movie. Really? Only because only because the Shazam movies are going to keep on happening.
1: Yeah. They're
0: going to make another Shazam movie, and I'm pretty sure they're going to want Shazam and Black Adam to fight.
1: Yeah, but does he need a whole movie for
0: I don't him think, to fight him? I think it's going to be a co- combo movie, which means that Black Adam won't go away. He'll just be combined with the oh. Shazam movie.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's reasonable. It's yeah. a little set up for them to fight, but yeah. I don't think Black Adam's going to get his own movie again. again. Yeah.
0: Probably not. Probably not. I really wish... I don't know what the Black Adam movie is like, but from everything I've heard, it seems kind of like they tried to repeat the Shazam movie with Black Adam, which yeah. is weird. I always thought Black Adam was supposed to be one of these like crazy... I don't know, like, dictators, basically, of his country who loved his people and really did everything to save the country, kind of like Namor.
1: That's funny. I read a few things about um, Black Adam is supposed to be like Namor, but Namor was just 10 times better.
0: Of course, yeah. No, I mean, the Black uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever definitely highlighted him so much better than yeah. I imagine Black Adam. Uh, we, oh, I can't and talk there's... bad about Black. I feel like I can't talk about bad about Black Adam without having seen the movie. But there's so much stuff going on. T- people talking about it. Yeah.
1: But there is a rumor that Namor might be an X-Men in upcoming uh movies.
0: Hmm, that'd be interesting. Yeah. That'd be cool. I mean, he's supposed to be a mutant. Yeah. So, that'd be kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Namor the x men By the way, we saw him or we didn't see him. <laughs> That's funny. We saw Oh,
0: if we had seen I don't know the the actor's actor's name, name. but if we had seen him in real life, that would have been amazing.
1: No, we went to L.A. Comic-Con this past weekend, and I I saw my first Namor cosplay, and it was great. It was really good. The
0: funny part was he was missing wings off of one of his feet, Uh and Cherish was talking to him saying, Hey, did you get rid of that as part of your costume? And apparently it actually broke. But he was commenting that everybody has told him, "I'm gl- I'm so happy you got rid of one of the feet." Kind of just like reflect from the movie.
1: Yeah, that was a cool cosplay. Um, another cool, another funny cosplay we saw. Peacemaker. I don't think I've oh, seen yes. him before. That was a good one.
0: Yeah, yeah. La, Cos- LA Comic Con had a lot of really good cosplays. The new Captain America with the falcon wings was probably one of the most oh, impressive to me. Oh, that one was great. Because they were, they literally, I think, were almost like 16 feet wide. Yeah. I don't know if they folded. I didn't see him like fold them up or anything. So just getting there with those had to be a lot of effort.
1: Yeah. No, that was that was really cool. Yeah. I don't know if that was. I it didn't look homemade. Not that there's anything wrong with homemade it costume. It had to have been homemade because there's no it, way
0: he... Where else was he going to get it? I mean... Is some he, people he,
1: make like TV-quality cosplays. Yeah. That's what it looked like. Oh, yes. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, th- I think that's definitely what it was. Like yeah. Some guy who's homemaking it, but it's do, knows how to make really make some props. So that was really cool. And then there was also a Spider-Man meetup because I was... Dr- Cherish and I went. I was dressed up as Spider-Man. Cherish was dressed up as a uh, gender-bent Captain America. And there was a Spider-Man meetup. So I went over to the Spider-Man meetup. We got to see J. Jonah Jameson. That
1: was great. <laughs> there was
0: like three Doc Ocks there. There was a Mysterio.
1: Oh, yeah. were I... so many
0: Spider-Mens. Like, so many different iterations, too.
1: I feel bad for the people. Not feel bad, but like... It must be kind of a hassle because the Doc Ox, the costumes were great, and they have these floating arms. Yes. How do you get through doors? How do you go walk the exhibit floor?
0: I do, one of the people, so I was looking at her arms, and she was actually able to like move them and Ooh, reposition that's the arms. Cool. So for her, that was really cool. I took photos with her, too. That was the one I was doing the uh, little poses with. Nice. Um, but there was another one who had like strings like with sticks it was almost like puppet like there was like a puppet marionette thing above her and holding them up but yeah they really really good really great cosplays this year over at la comic con it was our first time going
1: yeah there it's funny when we we went on saturday and we went to go badge pickup and that was a breeze and we've only ever been to san diego comic-con yes which is a hassle
0: there's such long lines it's a hassle
1: to get your tickets like online park it's a hassle to park it's everything's kind of a hassle it's worth it it's so worth it (laughs) badge pickup didn't even take two minutes
0: oh i know there was we walked up, and there was no line. Like, we walked right up to one of the girls that was handing out ba- – giving us badges.
1: Yeah. They scanned our QR code from our ticket, and then we're on the exhibit floor. And it's funny. We'd never been, and on that floor where the badge pickup is is the anime floor. I didn't know that, so there's yeah, anime... also
0: video games, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had a bunch of computers set up where people were gaming yeah. right there on the floor. You could go just join them.
1: But this – it's a smaller floor because it's half badge pickup, half, you know, anime, video games, all that stuff. And I was like, oh my God, is this it? Oh no. Oh no. It was yeah. so sad. Like, it's not, I'm used to San Diego, which is so, so huge. So we start walking around and yeah. then we notice there's a lot of anime and then we kind of see the signs. We get some food. Yeah. And then we're like, okay, let's just go through the doors and see what else there is. Well, we're on the second floor. Yeah. So we go down to the first floor and we pass like the autograph signings, the uh, yeah, meetups. The, with... the main
0: entrance area too.
1: Yeah. And there was a meetup area with all the people. There was Sima Liu. There was Elijah Wood.
0: Oh, um, The yeah, Pink yeah, Power Ranger.
1: I forget her name. She was there. Mm-hmm. Um so they had a lot of meet and greets, which is really cool. Um, and then we go downstairs and the entranceway into LA Comic Con. If you want to see cosplay, you could just sit there all day. Yeah. And just look at the coolest cosplays you've ever seen.
0: Yeah. Like, what an
1: experience. Like, San Diego Comic Con, you have to walk around and you just, you keep running into them, like, every two seconds. But yeah. LA Comic Con, people, like stand around they chat you get your pictures taken you like hang out it feels really cool you get to
0: meet the cosplayers really yeah. which is the cool part about la comic-con we've only ever done san diego comic-con and we've been doing it for like
1: years oh eight my god to
0: nine years or something like that yeah I and mean, it's fun it's great but it's so packed that you take a photo and you have to say goodbye really quickly because there's 10 other people behind you wanting to take photos or 10 other people surrounding them wanting to take photos and yeah. they can barely move yeah. and every time we do go cosplaying it takes us like an hour to go across the exhibit floor just because people taking photos with you
1: oh yeah yeah that's... so la
0: comic Con's great because you can just take the time to meet people talk to them you can ask them about how stuff is put together how it's built or where they got their pieces it's really cool
1: yeah i thought that was really unique Because at first, the anime floor was like, you're just walking around. I was like, are people not friendly? Is it just me? And then we got downstairs, and everyone's just like hanging out and having a good time. I'm like, okay, these are our people. This is great. This is awesome. Yeah. And then we get onto the exhibit floor, and there's some stuff I've never seen. San Diego Comic-Con does not have this. One of the first things we saw, oh, well, one of the first things we saw that was interesting was on the anime floor, there was a maid cafe.
0: Oh, yeah. That was so cute. It was. All the girls were dressed up in pink maid outfits, and there was just a bunch of little tables where everyone was just sitting having tea and whatever little snacks or pastries they had.
1: Yeah, that was cute. And then um, we started walking around, and they have a main stage panel, which is where we saw the boys talk. Yes. And it's, because if this was San Diego, they the boys would be in Hall H which holds like thousands like six thousand people or something dumb. Yeah. It's a lot of people. Whereas like these famous people are just chatting and people are walking by. Yeah, stopping. it's not in a special room. No. It's-
0: how, and it's open to the entire exhibit floor. Yeah, so
1: if you want to watch it, like... You can
0: you can just walk by and stop and just, like, turn and watch. So we were able to, like, walk up to most of the panels, just or at least on the main stage. Yeah. I think there were a few panels that were in rooms. Yeah. We just didn't have the time. Because we only had one day. Yeah. We didn't have the time to, like, go through all the different stuff. We mainly walked the exhibit floor and watched the main stage panels.
1: But that was cool just and it wasn't even that packed like we weren't shoulder to no, shoulder how San Diego Comic-Con all. feels sometimes. Yeah. It was really easy. Um and then one of the other cool things we saw was it was actually a pretty big booth. Like it probably took up like oh, what would you say like seven stalls or something like eight stalls, but um there was tattoo artists.
0: Oh. Yes. Yeah. That took up so much space. Yeah. They had, I think...
1: It was double-sided.
0: Yeah, it was double-sided. So it, it's like four stalls next to each other, and then the other side, another four stalls, so about eight stalls. But they had, I think it was almost eight, no, it was at least six, six to eight tattoo artists there. Yeah. So you could... And they're, they were all tattooing when we walked by.
1: They were so busy, and there was a line, too, and then they had a book of art, and yeah. it had like... Uh... And
0: I knock in it, because, I mean... Damn, there's a lot of people that get t- comic book tattoos, but I didn't never thought they would do them at a con. I know, that's so that's cool. cool.
1: That was cool. Another one was, um, we were walking around, and this is what got me. So, the food at San Diego Comic Con is like junior high, cafeteria style, like it's terrible, oh, it's yeah. awful, and it's only one spot, but at LA, there was booths, like vendors, on the floor with food there was jerky there was chocolate and there was um soda
0: oh yeah inside the on the exhibit floor they're like selling food and stuff like that wild like you don't get that at san diego comic-con so that was kind of cool that
1: was cool like all of a sudden i was walking and i was like oh this booth it smells amazing and it was chocolate it was packed like everyone like needed a sugar rush and And they were giving out free
0: samples i think yes yeah that was cool we didn't get them but they had them. I think we—I th- forgot what we had eaten right before. But I'm pretty sure. Oh no, we had just finished like our second tankard of uh, root beer.
1: Oh yeah, they were giving out. It was it was LA Comic Con merch, like a little mug. And then they had all these it's different kinds. It's not little. That
0: thing is huge. Oh, it's big. It's big. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it was branded with you know, I've been at Comic Con, and then they were doing different soda, which was really nice. Yeah. But another thing that uh, was fun. Was they had, wow, the women of wrestling. And they had a whole show. And the audience was so involved. They're cheering on these two different girls. And they're like jumping and rolling and slamming each other on the thing. And one of them ended up winning and getting a belt. And the audience is cheering and booing and just having a really fun time. Yeah. That was great. That was a lot of fun. Uh, One of the other things that I thought was really weird. Not weird in a bad way. Just like there was an abundance of swords. Oh, yeah. Just so many swords. Oh, yeah. Like, on the anime floor, on the exhibit floor, like, every, like, 10th booth was a swords. I don't know. There was swords. Is that just me?
0: There was butterfly knives. There were small pocket knives. There were so many knives. It was surprising. Um, There was, there was a few sword booths that I thought they were actual, like, metal swords, but they had a sign saying this can be purchased by people of all ages so i'm pretty sure they weren't metal but they legitimately looked metal so i don't know how like but there's so many swords there. it's really cool and they have them for obviously all the different types of comic books animes and everything like that so it's cool i was, i was like a kid in the candy shop i stopped at almost every single one just to look at them
1: the best part was we were we're looking at these swords and then i hear this like like loud clacking like banging kind of and it's this dude and he has two lightsabers in his hands and they're lit up and he's like these are combat ready and he's hitting them together loudly like everyone's staring and they're lighting up all cool but they had a custom lightsaber booth those things are so expensive but the combat ready ones I, we have a lightsaber. I don't think it...
0: It's not combat ready. No, and it it's, does not
1: have longevity. It
0: was a Star Wars prop that... Not prop, but it was a Star Wars toy I bought years and years and years yeah, ago. Yeah,
1: before they got all cool.
0: Yeah, and like the plastic inside of it's all cracked because of uh-huh. the age and it's turned yeah, yellow. It looks gross. But I still love it. It's a it's Darth Vader's saber, so... Yeah, it's that mine.
1: booth was really fun, though, and it was crowded, but you could customize oh, I know. the handle... And then the, the light saber yeah. part of it, too. So they, they had
0: different types of chips. I, th- I think it's a different type of chip that they put inside. But you it allows you to change the color and change how the light turns on. And if it just adjusts color. Like you could uh, change so many things about the internals on whether or not it makes noise.
1: Oh, yeah. There's yeah. so many.
0: Yes, it was exciting. It was very cool.
1: That was cool. Uh, I noticed there weren't as many comic book booths. As there are at San Diego. I know.
0: I was just, I was kind of sad. But
1: their artist alley was pretty big.
0: Their artist alley was very big. Then they had some decent sized names. I know that Dustin Nguyen was there, and so was Scott Snyder, and both of them are fairly big names in the artist world. So like see, seeing them there was cool. So I, I like that. Um, you could. They were just. I di- did not see Dustin Nguyen as his booth or Scott Snyder, but I did see on uh instagram that both of them had been sitting there for a little while talking to people signing stuff
1: so yeah uh the other thing that i think san diego does better though but they have a lot of interactive exhibits yes one year oh my gosh it was so cute one year when steven universe was like at its peak They had a whole stage where people could go up and sing the songs from Steven Universe. That was the best. Oh my, and it's just normal people walking the convention floor just going up to sing these songs. And it's so cute because all the songs from Steven Universe are so sweet. Exactly. But that was super fun. But like San Diego has a lot of exhibits like that where it's it's a photo op or you get food or you get to interact somehow. One year they had, um, maybe it was more than one year, but they had an adventure time scavenger hunt that was so much fun. Right. But the there were so many things to interact with or like take home photo op wise or food to try and I feel like LA didn't have that. It was yeah. either buy it or, you know, look at it, but not like interacting. I you think, know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no I know exactly what you mean. I think the big thing and I think because we had both talked about this um, is that LA Comic Con doesn't have a lot of the brands there. Oh. like DC and Marvel don't have like official booths there. Neither does Cartoon Network, CW, or, or any of the TV, any of the TV programs. Yeah. Um, none of nobody has any presence. All the booths were like small comic book stores, uh, Boom small wasn't owners. There. Um, and webtoons was there. There's a few of them, but not not big names. And uh-huh. so I think because of that. You definitely, they're not trying to, you're not getting promotions there. You're getting people, smaller vendors, just trying to sell stuff instead. Yeah. Which, I mean, I can't blame them. They're not going to sit around and try to promote Cartoon Network for free. Yeah. Right? So, then that's the other thing about, like, San Diego that's really good. Like, if you can't get a ticket to San Diego Comic-Con, just go to San Diego, downtown. It's packed still, but all All the bars and all the shops around San Diego are all comic book themed.
1: One of the best things we did this year was um, the Dungeons and Dragons bar pop up. They gave they gave you free drinks, which was awesome and so much fun. And then they had actors.
0: You didn't pay at all to get in. No, you just Just stand in line. Yeah.
1: But they had actors who had like accents and they're all dressed up. And they Dungeons and Dragons rented out the entire bar and they had this dragon like what what was how would you describe it it was like a video it was yeah but... so they had
0: they had projectors going on to like two different wall it wasn't projectors i think it was actual like screens yeah but it was kind of wall. like a
1: light show too yeah
0: and the dragon would pop up like come down along the wall and then they had lights for like the fire happening and like they had fans blowing for when the dryer was Dragon was blowing fire at you. Yeah. So that one was One cool. of the things,
1: I'm so sad, and we, I I don't know who I need to follow on Instagram or whatever, but one of my favorite shows this year is Severance. And oh, Severance yeah. had a pop-up at the Hard
0: Rock. Oh, I know. And we and
1: missed it. We well, missed it. We we
0: signed up.
1: Yeah, but we missed on,
0: it. On, like, online, and they never messaged us. Like, it was so We had, so like, packed. Four, four, six of us that were together, and we had all messaged it to, like, Hey, let us know when we can get in and supposed to text you a time to be in line and it never messaged us It just told us. Oh, yeah, we're packed
1: I was sad because that's I really really like that show But yeah, just walking around the gas lamp if you want to people watch it's super fun But there are a lot of pop-ups and you don't have to have a badge and you can just go and one of them was uh, Not is it Blade Runner. Is that what I'm thinking? Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Blade Runner twenty
1: forty nine. Yes, it's a few years ago. They had
0: they had a Johnny. They were giving away Johnny Walker shots.
1: Yes, and they fed us, and we got to go in this like VR headset thing, and we went on like a little oh, adventure yeah, that too. Was cool. That pop up was so much fun, and you could just hang out and drink. Yes. For like as long as you wanted.
0: And by the way, like these pop-ups that were at, have been at San Diego Comic-Con, you didn't need the badge for it. Yeah. This was outside of the convention. So if you, get, if you ever just went to San Diego during San Diego Comic-Con, you could just enjoy this. This is something that Cherish and I have talked about doing. If we ever are not able to get regular tickets to San Diego Comic-Con, we're just going to go hang out downtown, go do different stuff around there because there's so much to do.
1: Yeah. You'll still see cosplayers and yeah. there's just a lot of free stuff. Yeah. And it's all age friendly. Like I know there's the one had alcohol, but like most they, of them are. They all card age, you, obviously. Yeah, yeah, most of them are all age friendly, so it's really fun. And like randomly, we saw. I feel like every Comic Con we see some celebrity just walking around. Oh yeah. I don't know how many times I have harassed Jim Lee. I'm so sorry, Jim Lee. I love you, <laughs> but I see him. I'm like Jim Lee.
0: Oh, I know. Make yeah, me we- a
1: Catwoman. We have his art hanging up in our second uh, little office area with yeah. him signed. Like, we love this man. But every time I see him, I have to be like, Jim Lee, hi, talk to me. Yeah. But
0: the, the, this is the thing about San Diego Comic-Con that LA Comic-Con doesn't have because of the lack of the brands. LA Comic-Con, I think when we were there, we left the convention and there was like a hockey game happening. And that oh, was taking yeah. up the entire street, which yeah. is, I mean, LA Kings are going. So you got to support your local team. But, like, San Diego basically shuts down for San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Mm -hmm. L.A. Comic-Con is basically all inside the convention center. So if you want to go to L.A. Comic-Con, you need to get a ticket. You need to go inside. But I think you can buy a ticket there.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. I'm pretty
0: sure you can. I don't think it was that big a deal. There was
1: some kind of after party...
0: Oh, uh, yeah. people were talking
1: about and I think you needed a badge for it. We didn't end up going because we had to drive back to San Diego. Yeah, we didn't that get a, night. We
0: didn't get a room or anything. But, uh,
1: I remember talking to some people and they're like, "Hey, we'll see you at the after party." And I was like, "Oh." Yeah. Uh, that sounds fun, but <laughs> it's a long drive home. I know. But I really really enjoyed LA Comic-Con. I think we also have WonderCon in L- uh, Long An- Beach, right?
0: I think it's Anaheim? Anaheim? LA area
1: yeah and I've heard that one has really good
0: that one's run by the same group that does San Diego Comic Con oh cool so I heard that
1: one has great attendance that one
0: has big brands there yeah so I know there's a big DC presence a semi it, I think the Marvel presence has gotten smaller at WonderCon because Marvel's I think trying to DC or Disney's trying to pull themselves into D23 instead oh which is Disney's own convention obviously. yeah
1: yeah Oh, that one would be fun to go to, but I'm glad we went to LA Comic Con. It yeah. was a lot of fun. It's fun. I've never worn my Captain America cosplay out before, so it was really fun. Mm-hmm. We just had a really great time. I'm glad we went.
0: Yeah. I would. You, what would you get of it out of ten?
1: Oh, out of ten, I. Pfft.
0: Or would you do? Would you rather do an A, B, C, D, like a letter grade?
1: I feel like I'm. Nerding out and just gonna be like, it's a ten. You should do it. It's fun.
0: <laughs> I definitely highly recommend yeah. it.
1: it's I. It depends on what you want out of Comic Con. It's so easy to please me mm-hmm. with like, ooh, look, nerd things,
0: <laughs> shiny, flashy things. Ooh,
1: ooh. <laughs> so it, it's an easy ten for me because I had a great nice. time. And ooh, and I will say the <laughs> food was better. Um, oh yeah,
0: because San Diego has does have like outside food. They have like a whole like area, but they have it's it's always the same thing. It's, like the grilled cheese.
1: Yeah, car. it's it's okay. It's not good. Yeah. And then if you want to go to a restaurant, it's gonna you're gonna wait quite a oh, while yeah. unless you go off of Fifth yeah um and then the food inside the convention center is is terrible it's absolutely awful it's yes. disgusting i hate it
0: it's not that bad i mean I, if you're cheese, okay if you're okay with l- like school school lunch food
1: they have this nacho cheese every year and it just looks like liquid <laughs> plastic it's disgusting <laughs> i hate it which is so disappointing the it's no probably no the first year we went to comic-con i was like ooh, pizza and it's cardboard. And I'm like, never again. Oh,
0: yeah. That pizza was like really bad.
1: Yeah. So now we pack snacks and then, you know, we have to plan the day so that we can actually get food. Yeah. But getting good food at San Diego Comic-Con is, is a pain. Whereas we went to, at LA Comic-Con, they had chicken and waffles. They had oh, ramen. Yeah. Their they had, food truck
0: area. Mm. Oh, Ooh.
1: They had this cotton candy thing that they've turned into little animals. They, they had... have corn
0: dogs, and I know I say corn dogs and that sounds like bad, but they were actually like good corn dogs that are like coated. They had they basically coat the corn, One the one I got was coated in flaming hot Cheetos that was like crumpled up and then rolled in it. Oh, that was really good.
1: And then one thing, I'm so sad. Like at the end of the night, I was waiting because I was like, I want to go back to the convention floor, I don't want to wait in line. But the smell was like it's calling my name. But it was mini donuts, or was it, was it donuts, or was it churros?
0: Oh no! It was a donut churro. It was both. Oh my god! It was both of those things. So yes.
1: I've been. I was like, okay, I'm gonna get it later. It's gonna be my end of the night treat. And they oh, closed yeah. up shop early. Like the convention ended around like seven or something. We were we
0: were trying to go like really last minute. I think it was like fifteen minutes before the convention was officially yeah, over but they and closed I up g-
1: shop and i was so sad it smelled amazing i can't yes. tell you how it tasted but it smelled amazing but la comic-con brought the food like that that yes. i thought that was really cool because normally we're like you know eating protein bars and and sugar snacks yeah. to try and keep our energy awake
0: well i think that wraps up everything for la comic-con i think it's time we transition into our main topic of this podcast which is something is killing the children
1: this comes out of Boom Comics, and I think they're—they've had five volumes so far, and they're still releasing comics right now.
0: Yeah, I think they're about to release uh, issue twenty-six, or no, twenty-seven
1: tw- seven at the end of December.
0: Yeah, twenty-six is already out, so yeah, twenty-seven is about to come out. Uh, volume five recently came out, and that's go goes up to issue twenty-five right now. Um, It's a series that Cherish and I just got introduced to by one of our friends, Brian. He just handed us the first four volumes and one of the side stories, which was called uh, House of Slaughter, which exists in the same world, includes a lot of the same characters as well. But we have both grown in love with this series, and uh, we really just kind of wanted to talk about it here on the podcast.
1: Yeah, this was released in 2019, so the hype for this is pretty big. But we just found out about it this year. That's why, yeah. why we're talking about it now. But they're still releasing issues, which is fun. Um, but let us give you, just in case you haven't heard about it, let us give you a little introduction into the world of Something is Killing the Children.
0: When the children of Archer's Peak, a sleepy town in the heart of America, began to go missing, everything seems hopeless. Most children never return, but the ones that do have terrible stories. Impossible details of terrifying creatures that live in the shadows. Their only hope of finding and eliminating the threat is the arrival of a mysterious stranger, one who believes the children and claims to be the only one who can see what they can see. Her name is Erica Slaughter. She kills monsters. That's all she does, and she bears the cost because it must be done. That is straight off of Boom Studios' website for Volume 1. That is their description. It's a pretty solid, just little intro. Um, I highly recommend anybody to read the comic book if you have not yet. But um, if you haven't read it yet, we are just going to spoil the shit out of it right now.
1: So this comes to us from writer James Tinian. He also wrote Batman, Justice League, Wonder Woman, X-Men, The Department of Truth, and Wind, which we have recently been reading. But he's pretty great.
0: He's yeah. also
1: won the Eisner Award, the Ringo Award, the Prism Award, and a GLAD Award. He's he's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's but a- this this comic is more of a horror thriller. It's got a little bit of gore, which is cool. The art isn't... A little
0: bit of gore. It's got a lot of, of gore.
1: <laughs> it's got gore. Um, the art isn't beautiful.
0: It's it's a different style. So it doesn't look super clean. It's a bit of like a sketch look to it on a lot of the art. And when there's a lot of like intense fight scenes, the sketching gets a little bit more scrappy looking.
1: Yeah, someone online called it deliberately ugly, <laughs> which, I mean, I, th- I think it kind of is, but it's meant to show this distorted horror mm-hmm. kind of world where these yeah. children are being murdered. I
0: wouldn't call it ugly again. Though. I think it's just that sketchy look to it, but yeah. Well, it doesn't
1: look like a Disney princess.
0: Well, no, but not, nothing looks like a Disney princess <laughs> well, no, except that's, Disney.
1: That's what I mean, like, it's not beautiful.
0: It's not in like a classic. It's sense. not like Jorge Jimenez or Gabriel Piccolo's artwork stuff like that's super clean lines. Oh, like aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, aesthetically pleasing where it's super clean. It's definitely rough, and I think that's. I mean, that's kind of what Erica is in the comic book too. She's kind of rough, and I feel like the art is meant to help, kind reflect of the reflect the story. Yeah, exactly.
1: No, I think the art's very in, intentional. Yes, um, but speaking of the story, it centers around. Erica Slaughter. She's got big green eyes, yeah. a blonde ponytail, and this scarf that has fangs on it. Yeah, and she just comes in unannounced and throws herself into the fight, basically. Yeah.
0: So the the very first volume starts off um, with a kid named James sitting inside of like an interrogation room at a police precinct, and he is basically telling the cops that i didn't mean i made up the story about a monster and he starts going through basically what happened that night and you find out like these kids like basically played truth or dare he made up a story or claims to have made up a story about uh, seeing a monster whether or not like he kind of did see the monster um, we'll get into later but he see he tells them a story about seeing a monster and then they all don't believe him and then he si- tells them uh He dares them to go to the creek where he claims to have seen the monster. And that's where basically when he goes there, all of his friends die. And he is the lone survivor, which is why he's now sitting at this police precinct. It's a great way to set up like a bunch of like gore, set the tone of the comic book, and then leave everybody reading kind of like what's happening.
1: Because of the small town feel and the children... My first impressions were Stranger Things. Yes. It felt a lot like Stranger Things at first. Um, And like you don't know if it's aliens or zombies or whatever. And they haven't really explained these monsters except for it's kind of like this manifestation of their fears. Yeah. It's more ambiguous. It's not like something you can nail down or they haven't nailed it down just yet. But my first impression was, oh, this kind of feels like Stranger Things or It. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something just old school horror feel.
0: Feels like kids traveling around and they're going to fight the monster. Yeah. But they all die. They do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They do. I think um, at first I, I wasn't really sure about Erica, the character. And then she carries around this little toy animal it's an octopus Mm -hmm. it's a little stuffed animal and it talks and you're like this is weird but then you find out that the stuffed animal is actually her totem and it carries the monster that killed her parents in it and it helps her kill these other monsters that she's on a she just goes out on missions to find and this little octopus stuffed animal is kind of like creepy and he lies and he has like a little personality and that kind of started to sell me on Erica and her backstory yeah. and her in general, because it's how many just badass characters have you seen that don't have a personality? Mm-hmm. So her the backstory with the little sassy octopus was helped me like get into her, yeah, and make me like want to know more about
0: her. Yeah, James Tinian does a really good job throughout the whole series of not just giving you everything all at once. Um, I mean, Erica. When we first introduce her, you see you f- see the octopus, you see the mask she has, you see all these d- these different little details, but not none of it ex- is explained right away. You get this kind of like slow burn throughout the whole story. Yeah,
1: I don't think they introduce the Order of Saint George, which she's a part of, until the second volume, and then. Mm-hmm. The fourth volume was when they did the backstory on the totems, right?
0: Yeah, or the backstory on Erica.
1: Or the backstory on Erica, which yeah. gives you the backstory on the totem and stuff. But it took till vol- volume four to find out more about her. Yeah. And then they're part of this house of slaughter, and they're not the only ones. Like There's m-
0: multiple houses out there. Yes,
1: like some of them deal with vampires, which they only teased about. Yeah. Um there's what are the other types because the the masks yeah, so, have different colors. Yeah, so
0: there's the, the each of, there are there's the Order of St. George and then within the Order of St. George there are multiple houses. The houses each have different colored masks within in them. Erica is a black mask. And so black masks are known for being lone hunters. They go out on their own. They're very versatile. That's why they hunt alone and so they can basically just take down smaller monsters on by themselves, there are white masks who hunt as well, but they hunt in groups, and they generally take out bigger monsters, and that's why they do hunt in groups, is so they they can take out the larger monsters.
1: And there is like a a head of the order, and yeah, Erica. They're almost called has the dragons. Like a, yeah, Erica almost has like a boss.
0: Yeah, the, she there's a there's a head of each uh, mask. Yeah, it yeah. feels
1: like a boss, even though there's no like financial gain that I imagine they talk there about is
0: or it's like they just pay for whatever supplies you need yeah
1: it's like food and clothing yeah it feels real rough <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I don't know the white masks seem to have it pretty good they seem they don't seem like they're living rough
1: yeah the white masks the ones that hunting groups seemed like they're wearing nicer clothes and yeah. stuff like that
0: well from what I, I remember in one of the comic books i talked about um they basically live at the house uh-huh. almost all the time, unless they're out on a job, as opposed to the Black Masks, which who are, seem to always be traveling. At least, Erica seems to always be traveling. There is another Black Mask that we're introduced to in Volume Two, um, Aaron Slaughter, and the one thing about her house, which is the house of Slaughter, there are only two Black Masks left when we start reading the story, which is, and those two Black Masks are Erica and Aaron. We find out they're the last two
1: yeah there's there's so much to this story i'm sorry yeah. if we bounce around a lot <laughs> uh not that we need to give it to you in like chronological order but there's a lot of cool facets mm-hmm. to this story and i think that's why it's so popular yeah because at one time like erica uses one of these kids's bait and she doesn't care she's just like yep this is what i'm doing and then she goes into a cave with like a machete and a chainsaw and then just like tears down this huge monster by herself and she's covered in blood yeah. it's it's pretty cool
0: it is pretty good i mean the 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 entire story is really exciting a lot of fun there's so many things to pick apart and it. there's so many different characters and every character has a lot of depth to them they're not nobody is just a throwaway character
1: well they kind of are because some of them die well
0: some of them die i mean like the I guess what I mean is like, there's so many characters who have such small roles. Like um, there's a character, there's a guy named Tommy Mahoney, who's basically kind of like the speed bump for Erica. He's there just kind of giving her trouble because he's in the town and his sister was killed by the monsters. He doesn't know this, but she's been missing for so long. They all assume that she's dead. And he sees Erica come in and she's hanging out with James who the entire town thinks is the boy who's somehow killing all the other children because he's the only one that has survived because all his friends died. So he thinks Erica is part of it, and she's working with James, and so he's, like, chasing her around. But his mom is kind of, like, this really quick character, but she's got, like, this attitude and this, like, depth to her because of the loss of her child. She's just standing out there smoking a cigarette, and just there's crazy stuff happening around her And she's not. She's just standing outside of the school, saying, "I'm not leaving until I see my daughter."
1: Oh yeah, the gym scene, and there's a principal and a sheriff.
0: Yeah, everybody has like they add. Everybody has, but everybody has like these cool little details to them that I think just add so much to the story and just makes you just feel like this is actually a real world that you're stepping into. Yeah, and read it. So it's, and I'm sure that's all James Tinian, um, just doing his work, really. So. It's a really good series for that alone
1: but we start off in this small town i think it's in wisconsin
0: oh i don't even know i forget they get it's in the called cart. it's called archer's peak
1: yeah they get in the cart one point in time and then they mention wisconsin i forget exactly why but um <laughs> it's after she defeats all the monsters in this town she ends up going to another town later on in the series but they also go back in time
0: The first three volumes are basically what you can call the Archer's Peak arc um, because the first three volumes are all in Archer's Peak and by the end of volume three, which is the end of issue 15, Archer's Peak is finished, we get to volume four. Volume four is actually a flashback basically to Erica's first encounter with monsters and her being inducted into the House of Slaughter
1: and the crazy thing is cuz in the first issues when you meet the order of saint george the house of slaughter they they're killing the monsters and they're saving these children you'd think they're the good guys but they feel so evil they yeah. feel so ruthless
0: well eric you can tell from like the first volume or the second volume i guess is when we really really start meeting them but eric is talking about how their real purpose is just to Cover, cover up, yeah, cover up, and hide the fact that monsters exist, because that's what keeps them in power—is having this secret and managing this secret.
1: Yeah, but these these good guys, so to say, are so villainous. Like they yeah. get little Erica, and they put her through this test with a monster. Like they lock her in a barn or something overnight.
0: They, lock, they put yeah, they lock her. In. So for her, for when Erica is first found, she defeats a monster and then uh, she's saved by a woman named Jessica who then binds the monster inside of this doll. But when Erica needs to be inducted into the house of slaughter, they bring her to this barn and they conduct this like big old ceremony, and they release the monster from the doll into her mind and she has to fight her way back. Yeah, and, and she—they she, say that most kids die.
1: Yes, she does it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, course, yeah. <laughs> if she's alive later on, she does it, and she's not super phased by it. But like, after losing your parents and being covered in their blood, like, who would be? Yeah. But like, these people are just evil, evil.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing with the that you realize in the House of Slaughter's there aren't really that many good people in there. Jessica who's kind of Erica's mentor. She's an alcoholic. She's got a lot of her own troubles cuz she's watched so many other black masks that are in her group die. There's only I think when Erica gets inducted there is her, Aaron, Jessica and an older woman who's wheelchair bound. And those are the four different black masks that are there yeah so like she's obviously seen a lot of people die
1: yeah and the the nice thing about this little flashback is um we get to meet a character that just sacrificed his life
0: oh yeah yeah aaron right yeah we get to
1: meet him and his little backstory and meet him younger Um, yeah get
0: to see him again yeah which was kind of cool which was really nice aaron he's another black mask he he kind of you. You kind of get the impression like the Black Mask are kind of the good ones in the House of Slaughter, but they all have their own problems. Like Aaron is very much by the book to where he's usually on board with helping cover up the monster stuff and letting children die as long as it keeps the secret safe. Um, yeah, but you 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 get to warm up to him real quick in the book in the Archer's Peak arc, and then he does die. By the end of it, which is a really sad moment.
1: Yeah, we just finished um, volume five, and I think this one is the more I read it, the more I like it. It's this one's my favorite. But they Erica goes to a new town. Yeah, there's new monsters, and it's a new story because by the end of volume four, mm-hmm. um, the Black Masks, the Order of Saint George, they've all kind of disowned her, so she's rogue. And she has one friend still in the order helping her out.
0: Oh yeah, Big Gary.
1: Big Gary's his name. <laughs> big
0: Gary, he's great. So yeah, in Volume Four, you get to meet uh, Erica's old mentor, and then also Big Gary. He's the one who locked her in the barn. It yes. was his barn. <laughs> he has a farm where he like trains young initiates and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Big Gary has a bunch of big old dogs that he has on the farm too. Yeah. And uh, Big Gary, he's a blue mask, and they are basic. They're supposed, to, apparently, back in the day. I think they were supposed to be weapons ex, uh, weaponsmiths, like they made the weapons for the team. But nowadays, they are cybersecurity. Basically, they get online, they find people, they cover, do online cover-ups and stuff like that. And that's what Big Gary does.
1: But this time, um, she's in New Mexico in a new small town. It's still a small town, small town feel. We have a new little girl and her family that gets involved, um, and the girl just doesn't want to be par- part of it at all. Whereas in the first volume, the boy oh, yeah. was like, "Let me help. Let oh, me help." That's interesting.
0: I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they're they're like completely different. Yeah. 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 yeah in the fir- in the Archer's Peak arc, James, the boy who like survived. He does nothing but, like, want to involve himself with Erica. Yeah. He follows her around like a little puppy dog.
1: This little girl is just trying to escape Erica at all costs. Yeah. Go out on her own. Her mom can't even handle her. Um, But besides the monsters and stuff, I think the thing that's making this exciting is the new character. She's, like... The new villain. Um,
0: oh, yeah. What, I forget her name. She's from the Sword Order of St. George. She's actually from the House of Cutter. Um, oh, I cannot remember her name, but she's from England. The so House of Cutter is another house in the Order of St. George, but they're from England.
1: But she's so intimidating and scary that she terrifies people that terrified us yeah. in the first, like, four volumes. You're like, And it gets worse. So I think she's really exciting and she basically came to kill Erica because she's gone rogue.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then so the fifth volume which just came out is really great because I think in volumes one through four we basically only get to see one monster really, which is the what they call Oscar types, And they look kind of like spiders slash scorpions. They're quite like, big. Yeah, they're, they're very large.
1: Big. They're little amorphous kind of
0: they're yeah the black have multiple eyes on them But yeah. they, u- they reuse the same monster over and over again and for some reason i kind of got the impression that that's what all the monsters look like but in volume five we get a different type of monster that they call duplicate type and it looks like a person
1: it looks like a person with it has an, no face though but it has a huge eyeball
0: on its stomach
1: yeah and at one point in time, Erica just, like, slices through it. Yeah. Uh, but that's the part where it's kind of freaky because you think it's just a man walking around.
0: I know. Until
1: it gets close. <laughs> and then
0: you don't see a face. And the eye, if the eye is closed, you can't see anything. Yeah. And uh, when it opens up its mouth, it's actually, like, splitting from the he- the top of the head straight down. And that's the mouth. Like, the whole torso just opens up. And there's teeth in there. It's pretty freaky, and I, I like that monster a lot, especially just because the idea of a duplicate type just could be somebody in the shadows that you see out of the corner of your eye, yeah. and then he creeps up on you. It's a much scarier monster than the Oscar types.
1: Yeah, this series really does get more exciting the more you read it, because by volume five, we've got new location, new monsters, new mm-hmm. bad guys, yeah. and we're still killing off old favorites. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. There was also kind of this tangent side story comic. It was called House of Slaughter.
0: Yeah, House of Slaughter. Um, House of Slaughter was a, I think it was eight issues or something like that. But it is in the same exact world. And it follows Aaron Slaughter. And not when he got initiated, but a time period. It jumped between two different time periods. It's Aaron Slaughter when he was younger. And there's a new initiate named Jace who comes from a different house called La Maison de Boucher. Um, it sounds French. <laughs> it's, it's Yeah, it's found French. He's from like New Orleans or something like that. Yeah. So he's definitely got the French influence on, the, on him. But he comes into the order because his entire house was killed. Um, and so he comes into the order and... He has kind of an adversarial relationship with Aaron at first, which kind of then turns into a little bit of a romance.
1: It's enemies to love us. Enemies
0: to love us. We love it. Um, but it jumps between that time period and then the time period when Aaron is older and he's on the hunt for what he calls a monster, which we later ter- realize turns out to be the older Jace.
1: Yeah, and he has the older Jace has like a little sanctuary.
0: Oh yeah, by the end of the the end of the book, like so, they go on their little, they get in a fight, they kiss. You jump back and forth between the timelines, but by the end of it, you realize that Jace has been on the run, and the real reason why I think they wanted to st- kill Jace is because I think the or the house actually knows that he's saving children mm-hmm. and bringing them to a little sanctuary where they can basically. Live as normal of lives as they can.
1: Yeah, because I'm guessing just like Erica, their parents are dead.
0: Yeah, like all their family, their friends are all dead from monsters. And all these kids can have other kids that are just like them so they can connect on a certain level, which is kind of sweet. Nobody really helps out the kids. And you find out in a lot of the books that, like, they, the house, the Order of St. George, most of them just kill children like just to keep the secret like if the kids saw a monster oh, and they yeah. don't bring them into the order they use them as bait we didn't or explain
1: kill this okay you if you read it then you already know but um one of the crazy things about these monsters because we we're just talking about oh, them like everyone the can see thing. them Shit. it's um in the first first issue these kids are telling the scary stories and then all of a sudden there's a monster right and then everyone thinks James killed them. And he's like, no, there's a monster. I know it. Well, it's because the adults can't see him.
0: Yeah. That's one of the biggest things about the story is that adults can't see monsters.
1: Unless you've seen them before. So that's why Erica can see them.
0: Well, no, Erica had a, like a procedure where they like stamped her the side of her oh, head.
1: That yeah, Well, yeah. So
0: (laughs) she has like this mark on the side of her head and she also does it to one of the other characters that she meets in archer's peak during that story arc um, tommy mahoney who i'm actually wondering if he's going to come back sometime for this new storyline that we're in right now there's nothing really showing that that he ever will but he's out there nowadays and he can see monsters so there's this thing that erica did to him where she takes this sharp pointy thing and basically stabs him in the temple and somehow that gives him the ability to see monsters again
1: yeah because there's one scene um where she's you can see her fighting and stuff but there's nothing there and then all of a sudden there's blood yeah and that gives you the oh only certain people can see this and you find out it's the children and then you find out more about her Mm -hmm. but that's kind of a big deal and that's why the order is formed because they're they're the only people that can see them the other adults can't
0: right but they they do they do i mean their children are still dying yes so they do know that they do know their children are dying but they don't know who to blame because they can't see the monsters when things do happen they just see butchered children constantly
1: yeah they haven't. I wonder if it's the same for the duplicate types, but I'm sure it is. Hmm. If the adults can't see them, because it looks like yes, a man. Yes, they
0: did show that they couldn't see him. Like I, I thought oh, they did. I thought because the the thing about the duplicate types is that they look like people, or they looked kind of like a man, a, that's just naked and has no face. That I thought they might just have it to where the par- parents could see that one, but there is a scene in volume five where. Um, Erica's fighting the new girl can see the monster, but then the bar owner
1: Oh her like mom It's
0: not her mom. Aunt? it's not her aunt. it's like a friend. It's she she's the girl that wanted to bone the girl's aunt remember?
1: Oh, it's a neighbor.
0: It's a neighbor neighbor It's there a we neighbor go. who who runs the bar. Um, but the neighbor who runs the bar who's now kind of in charge of the girl whose family just all got slaughtered but she's looking and she sees erica get thrown and you they use like panel they use two different panels side to side where you see erica being held up by a monster and then in the next panel you just see erica being held up in the air by nothing and that's kind of visualizing that she can't see these monsters
1: yeah one of my other favorite things about this comic is well we buy the the volumes so i don't know what it is for the single issues but at the End of the book, they have all the alternate covers and some of its alternate art, too. Oh, yeah,
0: it says all the first like four volumes did such a had such beautiful alternate yeah. covers in back there. Oh, it was really good. I was really disappointed because when we got volume five, they didn't have alternate covers in the back.
1: Yeah, I don't know why, but
0: it was a little disappointing.
1: It's really fun to see your favorite characters in different art styles, yes, especially with. Some of them are more raw. Some of them are more like classically beautiful and intricate with the colors and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But that was, I love that. I wonder why they stopped doing that.
0: They might just not have had as many alternate covers. I mean, I imagine like when the series first came out, there's a lot of hype. So they're doing a lot of alternate covers. They probably also pre-planned it knowing that there'd be a lot of hype. I mean, they got James Tinian who is writing Batman at the time so they're Mm. like oh yeah this is going to be a popular book probably they probably kind of knew and then got the alternate covers ready
1: i am super excited for more volumes more issues of the story i'm hooked i love it so much but one of the other things i'm also excited for and i hope this happens but like after the dc news of them dropping wonder woman and all that kind of stuff like these companies can just drop stuff Whenever they feel like it. But apparently, Netflix is set to make this into a TV series.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. and That's going to be... That will be exciting.
1: And originally, um, they had the filmmaker Mike Flanagan, who worked on The Midnight Club, Midnight Mass, The Haunting Hill House. Like, they had him be the director, but they dropped him. And I have a quote from him saying... Um, so we're not involved with Something is Killing the Children anymore. We love the creator, James Tinian. We love the source material. And we wish the absolute best for whoever ends up with it. But that one we're not going to move forward with. It's a bummer.
0: Which so that's, is a bummer for yeah. us. Yeah. But I'm I'm not super familiar with all of Mike Flanagan's work. But I, it's just sad that they lost a... Any type of creative director that was supposed to be on the show. Especially, he did The Haunting of Hill House. So, I mean, he would help bring that kind of, like, spooky aspect to the show.
1: Yeah, well, I wonder, because they just... Um, the Midnight Club, it's not set to release the second season. It, it's been dropped. Oh. So, I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Oh. But right If now, he just, like,
0: dropped everything with Netflix?
1: I don't know. Mm. But right now sources say that the tv series is set to release the summer of 2023 that's next year i know that That sounds sounds really soon that sounds
0: really soon especially if they just lost unless they're filming right now Mm, i I don't don't know know. it
1: doesn't sound likely but this would be such a cool tv series
0: yeah i mean the nice part about it is it's not like a. as far as comic books go we're not talking about like a traditional comic book with superheroes like traditionally traditional looking superheroes with capes and tights like this just feels kind of more raw it feels more real um something that could be happening in 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 the in the world today yeah like she erica slaughter her basic her basic outfit is the black mask with the teeth a tank top and then black pants that is her outfit along with a green trench coat that she wears to kind of when she's like covering up everything. But yeah, that's there's no su- there's no like big old superheroes, so like the TV show could be done fairly cheap. You wouldn't need a ton of CGI except well, you when would we're for fighting, the monsters. When you're fighting the there's monsters There's a nice of amount of gore. Oh yeah, that would be yeah. the best part about the TV <laughs> that show. Would. Is that you get to see a bunch of gore. That's what I would want to see is just all the gore. Hopefully they can do practical stuff and not a bunch of like CGI blood.
1: Yeah, I would I think i'd really it only happens like during halloween but i think i'd really enjoy a gory sci-fi tv show i think Mm -hmm. that'd be so much fun i think that's one of the things with stranger things it's it has its moments of gore but like only kind of yeah like do you remember the scene where 11 is with all those other kids right before she escapes yeah and then they all get killed but you just see the aftermath of it, really. Uh-huh. You don't like. You don't
0: get to see the actual killing. Yeah, like, or it this doesn't would, feel like this it. show would have to have the actual killing because that's such a big part. I feel like of the comic book. Yeah. You see, like in the latest volume, you have the duplicate type, like hovering over these two children. It just killed by a pool, and it's literally tearing off one of the kids' arms eating and you just see these kids torn to pieces it's gruesome um it pro- it's pro- it's gonna be a hard sell for netflix to do that on screen oh i they... love me some
1: gore though i, I really know really do that would be great. and it's we already have a stranger things we already have like a buffy the vampire slayer we need something different you know <laughs> yeah
0: and i think I f- this would be a great one to release near if they Pushed back the release date closer to Halloween,
1: where everyone's in the mood for some More. blood.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have to be on Halloween, but like do it in like August, like right before October.
1: Yeah. Do you think so? We just finished Volume Five. Do you have any thoughts for going forward? Like anything you want to happen?
0: Oh, because mm. this
1: new villain lady, I love her. Yeah.
0: She's she's she, pretty scary. She's scary. She's ruthless. Um, She's not like she doesn't. She doesn't go off the wall. It seems she seems to have like a very set like this is what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, although I I shouldn't say that. In one of the first scenes where she meets uh, Cecilia, who is the leader of the White Mask, Code, this lady, this new bad guy for House of Slaughter, has to come to America because she's in England, I believe. Um, but when she gets off the plane, there is a woman talking on a, what they show to be like a th- on the phone, and she is like complaining about the new villain, like just saying how she was talking to her doll in the plane, which a lot of the people in the Order of St. George have their their dolls or their totems, and they can talk to them. So this lady's talking to her doll, and this, this woman from the plane's complaining about it. So the villain follows her into like some back, baggage claim area and just straight up murders her.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, she's pretty cool.
0: She's just ruthless. So that is the one time when she kind of goes off the cuff. But she does seem to be like uh, she does everything that the Order tells her to do.
1: Yeah. I think I'm more of like a full circle kind of person. So what I would love to what I think would be fun to happen is if um, the Duplicate type kills the neighbor Who's now in charge of the little girl?
0: Oh, oh, and then
1: the little girl's left all on her own now, right? So they they end up killing, you know, the duplicate type, and then Erica somehow manages manages to get the little girl over to Aaron's lover, who has that sanctuary for little kids.
0: Oh, yeah, and
1: then we go on. You can
0: connect those two. Stories. Yes,
1: and then the the evil villain like doesn't get her just yet. They're still on the run. Yeah. Because I feel like a face-off between Erica and this new big bad is like a life-ending one. And I Erica's mean, all on her own. She has no backup. She
0: doesn't, right? Yeah, you, no, that's a good point. Because I, I was thinking similar. Like, I don't think they should kill this new bad guy right yeah. away. And that would be a good way to do it, is somehow she kind of evades her. Mm-hmm. And s- makes it off and finds somehow finds Jace.
1: Jace, yes.
0: Yeah, Jace. Jace Butcher is. Our, that's, I kept pronouncing it Butcher because it's B O U C H E R. But we looked it up recently and it's Boucher because it's like a French pronunciation. But me. Yeah. Don't. I'll say butcher. Don't judge anyways. us for our French. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But that's what I think would be super cool.
0: That would be really good. Just connecting
1: all the dots, making it real roundabout, and then elongating this cat and mouse with this villain. Because I don't want Erica to die. I don't want the series to end. Right. You know, and it centers around her.
0: Yeah. I mean, James Tinian seems like the type of person who would be okay with killing off her and moving on to a new project. Because he's working on Batman. He just recently announced he's done working on Batman. I think it's because he's going to work a lot more on something is killing the children and all the other stuff that he's working on too so i don't think he'd mind killing her and just focusing on a different character within the story be it jace or be it somebody else because james and one thing about james also is james the kid in the store in the first story looks surprisingly a lot like james tinian the writer yeah i think it's supposed to be like that yeah but they haven't had him come back at all in volume five so once the archer speak story ended he and uh, erica went off on a bus but he did say he was getting off somewhere to go be with another family member
1: oh yeah
0: yeah yeah but that would be a good way to take the next few series i would like that that'd be pretty cool
1: Uh, who knows what's going to happen but i'm excited i love this this series it's so much fun
0: yeah yeah i know it's a great series probably one of the most exciting ones we've read this year so highly recommend to anybody Um, but i imagine if you've listened this far you've probably read it as well and so you probably like it as about as much as we do
1: yeah well, join us next week. Uh, we're going to be talking about Willow. Yes. <laughs> this happens to be Valor's childhood favorite movie.
0: Yeah. So this this was a movie that my brother and sister and I we grew up just watching Willow over and over again, and we would quote lines from it constantly to one another. Um, so they just came out with a TV series. I think they have two episodes, and they might have by the time we come out with our next podcast they might have a third episode out so we will be talking about the old movie and we'll be talking about the first few episodes however many are out at that time
1: yeah
0: thank you guys for joining us I'm Valor
1: I'm Cherish
0: and we are just Just a a couple couple of nerds nerds. are we good yep are we ready (laughs) no Hi there, I'm Valor. And I'm Cherish. And we are Just Just a Couple couple of Nerds.
1: nerds. We hope you're having a great day. Hopefully we're going to make it better with some news. (laughs) Would you like to hear the news? Eh?
0: Test, test, one, two, three.
1: Sometimes I poop my pants.